It's a day to think about the Cincinnati Bengals history. The Cincinnati Bengals announced Boomer Esiason and Chad Ochocinco Johnson are going to be next for the Ring of Honor. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. You can subscribe to this podcast on YouTube or anywhere you get your podcasts, and that'll make it really easy for you to become a first listener, making us your first listen every day and an everydayer. Note that everyday part. We're with you every day here on Locked On Bengals. And today, James, the focus is on history. We spent this week, if you've missed any episodes, because you're not an everydayer, talking about some of the biggest questions and things to watch in training camp coming up on the offensive side of the ball and the defensive side of the ball. And we've been looking to the future, and today we'll look toward the past. As Boomer Esiason and Chad Ochocinco-Johnson announced for the Ring of Honor, they both spoke with Bengals media on a Zoom call on Friday morning, Thursday morning as well and let's just get initial thoughts out of the way james i went back and listened to our episode this year when we also heard from willie anderson talking about the the ring of honor for this year and the guys that we landed on were boomer and chad and lo and behold boomer and chad announced that the there are some other contenders of course and we'll talk about them and we'll talk about who's next but this felt logical to us about a month or so, month or two ago, and here we are, and they are the selections. Bengals season ticket holders got it right. So if you voted, even if you didn't vote for for Chad or Boomer, give yourself a pat on the back because uh, enough fans differed. I, I think that this is 100% right. These were actually my picks last year, and I, I know it didn't go that way. I went with Willie and and Isaac Curtis, and which is great. I'm not saying they don't deserve to be in, and I, I think that's the – the hard part about this exercise is the initial like eight, which is where we're at now, were like obvious, should have been in. They had played so long ago that they're the, obviously the most important figures uh, of their first, what, 40 years of, of Bengals history. And so now I think they're there where they, they've got like the eight. There are other guys that are right there. And it's it's tough when you you're talking about Lapham or you're, you're talking about you know d- different guys and we'll we'll get to that. Lamar Parrish is obviously probably the one a lot of people are thinking about. Tim Crumry. So before we do that though, we got to talk about both of these guys. And you know me, I'm going to probably start with Chad. And let's just start with Chad. Um, change the game. Change change the the way this country, the NFL, views the Cincinnati Bengals. Whether he meant to or not, whether it's deserved or not, whether it's anything. I think outside of Joe Burrow, when you think of the Bengals right now, maybe Jamar, but maybe not. I, I still think Ocho Cinco is, is very well known as one of these franchise faces. And so the fact that he's in, it's awesome. And I, I think his reaction is even better. He said it means everything to me and said it means more than a gold jacket would. Spoiler, Chad Johnson's not getting into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. That's not happening. And I think deep down he knows that. I don't think he's holding his breath. And so for him to get inducted this year, I know it it meant a lot. And he had cigar in hand 
was in Ybor City in Tampa Bay when he did the Zoom call with us and uh, was certainly excited, no doubt. We saw those pearly whites early and often during that 20-minute Zoom call. Yeah, it's a great honor for Chad. You mentioned the Hall of Fame. It's a shame that he won't get in if it does indeed shake out that way. I mean, two-time All-Pro, six-time Pro Bowler, just didn't have the counting stats, just didn't quite play long enough. Although you put his career up against a guy like Heinz Ward and, and the additional favoritism that it seems like the Pittsburgh Heinz Steelers shouldn't be get. at all, but yeah. I mean, you know what I'm saying though, right? Like th- there's that thing that happens with certain teams and certain players where they get consideration that it seems like the Bengals don't sometimes his peak Chad's peak is easily hall of fame worthy. His stretch from 2003 to 2007 is, is elite. It's excellent. And then he, he missed some time in 2008 and bounced back with another pro bowl year in 2009 had the stretch where he's leading the AFC and receiving yards for was it it was it was it three years or four years? You're muted. It was three years in a row, and he led the NFL once in receiving. Yeah, led the NFL in, in 2006. And that's, and that's with Terrell Owens, J, um, not Jerry Rice, even though Jerry Rice was actually in the league for a little bit with Chad. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's with Randy Moss. That's with, uh, you mentioned Heinz Ward, but Reggie Wayne, why am I struggling here? Marvin Harrison, that's the H name I was thinking of. Marvin Harrison, like, some star receivers. This was like the the start of the the receivers are just game changing type players. Those guys were all there and, and playing at a high level during the during Chad's best stretch. Which you're right, I was up to par with any of them. And the Bengals noted this. I didn't know it, but from 01 to to 2010, even with his down 08 year, he had the third most receiving yards in in the NFL. So he was right there, and he battled injury. And Ryan Fitzpatrick was his quarterback in 08. So mm-hmm. uh, j- just noteworthy. He, he really did have a fantastic career and, and the peak really was among the best. And, and that would be the argument for the hall of fame for Chad Anquan Bolden in the league as well, going crazy in, in the, in the beginning of his career, Tory Holt at the tail end of his career, Andre Johnson. I mean, the list of, of great receivers yeah. when Chad was, was playing is very impressive. And, Steve Smith, another one. Came into the league a little bit later. His career went from age 23 to age 33. And, and that's really probably the, the biggest issue. The longevity isn't there. The last season in New England didn't go great in 2011. If he comes into the league at 21 and you add two seasons to that, you're looking at 13,000 yards, 80, 85 touchdowns, and that, that case grows. But for the Bengals, easily makes sense right i mean second round pick who turns into the career that he had i mean he's he's the best receiver in team history and the second some receiver old, to go into some, the ring of honor some old well which is fine because there are a lot of people that say isaac curtis is the best receiver there are in, in franchise history which is fine that's great not for my money not for my money i like he's ahead of aj and that when aj's eligible and maybe jamar changes it but certainly ahead of guys like Carl Pickens. And they've had great receivers, man. Chris Collinsworth, downtown Eddie Brown, like great receivers. I I would put Chad at the top of the list. And if he's not one, then at worst he's two, which is where he's getting inducted. And that's fine because Isaac Curtis should have been inducted probably in like 2000, right? Assuming the the ring of honor had started when the stadium had opened, maybe 2001. He would have been like the second year 
And that's probably what should have happened. So they're playing catch up. So that's fine. Chad could be second, but for my money, someone who grew up with Chad, obviously it's uh, he's the best receiver in team history. I think that that is a big problem that, that we're grappling with is just how far behind they are. And, and that's not something that you can really get around with the way they've chosen to do it. it it's an issue with the Corey Dillon conversation that we had as well. It's an issue for these guys because Boomer and Chad would have been like if they had done a group of eight, as as you mentioned, all these guys would be in, and and then they could play catch up. Or if they had started this, you know, like Boomer said, and we'll talk about Boomer as well, you know, in two thousand or back in the nineties, maybe then all these guys would would be in, and and it wouldn't be this thing where we're trying to sort through all of Bengals history every year to try to figure it out. It's just, it's a new thing that they're doing. It's a little bit later than everyone wanted, but they're doing it now. So we do get to celebrate it. It's great that this is happening. And Boomer talked about that too. So we should talk a little bit more about what Boomer size and had to say. And, and both these guys weighed in on Joe Burrow too, thanks to questions from one James Rapine. And we can, we can touch on some of those comments as well coming up next. Our partners over at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Football host Vinny Iyer to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week, all season long. Whether you're prepping for a draft or scouting the waiver wire, every week we're going to provide you with players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So with draft prep underway for the upcoming season, let's see who Vinny Iyer has picked out on this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week and if you're looking to make a smooth turn in fantasy football snake drafts with the last pick of the first round and first pick of the second round, you'll be guaranteed to have a winning one-two punch with Colts running back Jonathan Taylor and Browns running back Nick Chubb with back-to-back -back picks. While Taylor's a perfect rebound candidate in a more run-friendly offense, Chubb is also set to dominate with more of a combined workload in Cleveland. Vinnie Iyer from Locked On Fantasy Football is going to help you win your fantasy championship. And eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Well, it's the same with your vehicle. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, over 122 million parts and accessories for your vehicle are right at your fingertips. You can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Air filters, brakes, taillights, alternator, shocks, struts, you name it, eBay Motors has it. And they'll make sure you're that it's the right fit for your car because eBay guaranteed fit helps you understand exactly what part you need for your vehicle the first time. So go forth, switch gears, crank the AC and say goodbye to sweating. If your ride needs a little fixing up because now you know, you'll always be set up for success from the get go with eBay guaranteed fit. Everything your vehicle is calling for is just one click away for parts, accessories that fit your vehicle. Just look for the green check, get the right parts, Get the right fit and the right prices at ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit. Only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Boomer Siason. Quarterback this team in the Super Bowl. Won a team MVP. Or won a league MVP, sorry. In 1988. He was also Offensive Player of the Year according to UPI and Sports Nations Player of the Year. So many, many awards for Boom, Boomer that year, an all-pro, four-time Pro Bowler, and had two swings with the Cincinnati Bengals. Had some very interesting things to say, I thought, about his coaches and his relationship with some of those coaches. But mm -hmm. 
as far as the next quarterback and quarterbacks, as we discussed when we were talking about who could go in a month or two ago, being the most valuable position in football, it would make sense that your other Super Bowl quarterback would be in the right lot. No doubt. I mean, Boomer, who, when you look back, he's, you talk about how Chad made the Bengals cool. And I, I think Boomer, he kept the Bengals cool and, and kept them uh, and made the 80s the best decade thus far. Hopefully this decade is better, but the best decade of Bengals football because he gets drafted and he's got to play behind an older Ken Anderson at that point. And he ultimately takes his job and takes the offense that the Bengals had uh, and they kind of revolutionized things a bit and, and kind of changed the game a bit with the, the sugar huddle and the quick, uh, the quick hurry up offense. And, and that was stuff that like the NFL was figuring out during that Super Bowl run. And it, it was something that with, with Sam Weich, they were able to, to keep teams and obviously Bruce Coslett was there, but uh, keep teams on their heels and, and Boomer had to be the one that ran it. And it, you had to have a quarterback that understood it, obviously. And he did that at a, a very high level. He's the second best quarterback in team history. And they've had some really, really good quarterbacks. And that was something that he mentioned. I mean, you think about it from Carson to Andy to now Joe, that's a heck of a run. But to go from Kenny Anderson and 72, 73, and he's there for more than a decade. And, and then you you pass the baton to Boomer Esiason. And so from for, for basically two decades, you have those two guys. That's awesome. And and so Boomer, he was a lot of – you ask kids that were growing up in the 80s, how I describe Chad, he's a lot of kids' favorite player, and, 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 and rightfully so. So he, he deserves to be in. I'm glad he's in. And uh, it's it's an exciting time because, the, like I said, these two guys, I thought they should have gotten in last year. And I'm not, again, I'm not trying to harp on that. I just think that's how valuable, how much they meant to the organization when they played. And so I'm really excited for both of them. And uh, by the way, Boomer, just just for the, the the more modern, and we can get to what he said about Burrow, but the, the, the newer fans, he's picked the Bengals in recent years. And I know people are noting that on social media. So he's certainly loyal and loves the Bengals, even if he is critical and has been critical in the past. Uh, I asked him about the, the Joe Burrow helmet, obviously. Mm -hmm. So he's uh, he loves himself some orange and black. One of the best parts about these guys going in was hearing some of their stories and hearing them talk about some things that I either forgot or didn't know details about when they were doing their little Zoom presser with, with the media. Boomer talking about how he realized when he realized the the tempo game in terms of just getting to the line of scrimmage quickly and and, and hurrying things up and, and some of the stories he had about teammates about uh, why am I blanking on his name Jeff Fisher Titans head oh, coach yeah. um, he, he's like man what what were you what were you doing and how how he realized the tempo could have an impact on the game Chad talking about living in, in then Paul Brown Stadium. Which I I don't know if I ever fully believed that like he was literally just living in the stadium for two years, and he said that you know after two years, and, and I don't know maybe he's embellishing, but he's like after two years, Marvin's like you're a man now, you got to go, you got to go get yourself your own. Because Marvin got the job. Marvin's trying to set a culture. I believe it, and here's why I believe it: because the culture was not good. Yeah. So. 
if if there was ever a time where you could get away with that, it would have been new stadium. It feels fresh to him, and people are pointing fingers all the time. He's just sitting back, making plays. It's certainly in a second year, had over a thousand yards, and uh, playing video games. I a big part of me wants to believe it, and I don't think I. We'd have to give him some truth serum, but I, I think he, I think he might have. I really do. Uh, the way he talked about it, like uh, as giving it a timeline. I don't know. It, it was it was plausible. It felt pretty believable to me. Um, one other note on Boomer Esiason that I wanted to, to mention. He also was a Walter Payton Man of the Year. And the Bengals actually have quite a few Walter Payton Man of the Year awards in their history, but you just have to go back to 1991 because technically Boomer was with the Jets when he was the Walter Payton Man of the Year. The, the others, just to, to shout these guys out, uh, multiple of them in the Ring of Honor, Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them on the list of nominees, Anthony Munoz, Ken Anderson, both in the Ring of Honor, Reggie Williams mm-hmm. in 1986 on the list of guys to one day go in. And so playing catch up, certainly. And and they've got a couple of the guys in. I am going to push back a little bit too, James. I think Willie Anderson was deserving when he went in. I mean, you know, I think there's a bit of an order of preference there as far as who should go in when and and like I said, catching up is a big part of it. I think that Willie's year was correct just because of the quality of player he was. And and you think about the Hall of Fame case for Willie Anderson, and, and it makes sense to me that he would be one of the Bengals' very, very early inductees into the Ring of Honor. But again, I, I also understand your perspective in terms of the influence these guys had, the importance in the history of the organization, and and that being a big factor for them getting in as well. It's splitting hairs, right? Yeah. I mean, that's the, yeah, the totally. I mean, I could debate back with you, and you know, but I'm not trying to rip Willie. Like, that's the part that's like obviously it's, it's good without a doubt. And his Hall of Fame case is better than Chad's. Mm-hmm. So to me, I can separate them and, and understand like Corey Dillon's Hall of Fame case is better than Chad's. But if Corey Dillon got in before Chad at the Bengals Ring of Honor, I would have been kind of critical today because it's not even close. It's not impact wise. And that's that's not me ripping. Corey Dillon, because I think he has a better case for the Hall of Fame. It's just two different things when I, I talk about the Ring of Honor, it, impact on the franchise, what they meant to the franchise, obviously all the numbers. Chad has all those things to back it up too, and so does Boomer. And I, th- th- So that was it. That's why. But I get it. I get it with Willie. And that from 96 to 2006, seven? Seven. It was seven because he, he played for the Ravens in 08. Like, he's dominant. So I, I get why he was in. At first, it's it's the hard part about playing catch up, and and maybe we should go there next. Talk about what's next, who could be next, mm-hmm. and playing catch up because it's it's uncomfortable. And now we're having debates about guys that were both great. We're talking about the greatest wide receiver in team history, or in in the greatest right tackle in team history. So in the second greatest quarterback in team history, like, it, it, and obviously we don't include Joe Burrow in that yet. He's he's certainly on his way. But let's go there next. Let's talk about who's next. Because this Ring of Honor so far, you got two quarterbacks, mm-hmm. you got two wide receivers, you got two offensive tackles. Yep. It's great. You got a corner and uh, a coach slash founder. Am I forgetting one other one? You might be. There's eight total. How many did you say? I, I wasn't counting the positions you were naming here. Are you counting Paul Brown? In the eight? Is it eight players plus Paul Brown or is it? No, no, he's part of the eight. Okay, then I got them all. 
I thought yeah. of a short one. There's four and then two and then two, eight. Yeah, cool. So who's next is, is the question because the list of, of players that are eligible, you're, you're now looking at a little bit more history. The most recent career for the Bengals on the list of guys that are still on the list of nominees is Corey Dillon. So now you're really forcing people to consider, I think, with, with fewer modern candidates, these historical greats for the Cincinnati Bengals. And one of the guys that we talked about when we talked about who's next back at, at, a month or two ago, the episode that I keep referring to with Willie Anderson, was, was Lamar Parrish. That's one guy that stands out. Corey Dillon, I think, certainly with his recent Bengals media tour that he's done will be fresh in the mind of fans when they're considering who to vote for next year. Mentioned Reggie Williams, one of the Walter Payton Man of the Year award winners. I don't know if he's necessarily next on the list, but just because we talked about him, but this is a challenging thing. Like like we've talked about with playing catch-up is eventually all these guys go in and then it's just how do you figure out the order? Yeah, Tim Crumry I would throw in there. I I, I wonder. Here's, here's what I want to come back to because there are a lot of people – and I get it, especially with Corey's comments. And and Boomer had some good perspective on this. But just because they got it wrong for so long, basically two decades. Because, again, I think the 2000 season would have been a good time to have the Ring of Honor and start that. Or maybe 03 when Marvin gets here, right? And, and, and that's kind of when you started as turning the page and start honoring your past. It didn't happen. So I'm not going to whine and moan and complain every step of the way because they're playing catch up now. You could say, well, put 10 guys in. That's fine. But that does take some shine away because guess what? If Max Montoya goes in with Chad Johnson, as popular as he is, Chad Johnson kind of outshines him a little bit. Or if uh, Reggie Williams goes in with, with Willie Anderson, or we could go wherever. So yeah, now now the season ticket holders, they're going to have to look at the history a bit more. But even even so, like Corey Dillon, if he goes in with, with guys that were you know, 20, 30 years before him, that's tough, but two guys, you can give them the, the amount of love. So I, I get the logic. I do. The problem is, is, and Chad said this, I'm glad I'm in when I can smell the roses. Some of these guys are getting older. And so, Ooh, I, I mean, do you go by that? I think t Dave Lapham, for example, should already be in. He shouldn't be voted on the same way because he's, he's almost like a, a Paul Brown figure. And I'm not saying he founded the franchise, but he's like one of those automatic inductees because of what he's meant to the franchise overall, the the, the overall resume and what he's meant. Um, and the, the problem is, Jake, is at some point you're going to get into the A.J. Greens and Geno Atkinses mm -hmm. and th these greats from 2010 and beyond. And that's the part that makes it tough because you want to try to get most of these guys in before that. So I, it is an interesting dilemma. It's tough. I don't want to complain about it. I also understand that if Gino's eligible in a year or two, that he's going to get voted in before any of the dudes remaining. And that's that's a tough, tough way to go about it. So we'll see. I think Corey Dillon is certainly a favorite next year. I think James Brooks. There's a reason Isaac Curtis went in ahead of Chad. I would not be shocked if James Brooks gets the nod over Corey. Could it be James Brooks and Lamar Parrish? Could it be 
Tim Crumry and Lamar mm-hmm. Parrish. I, I, I think that that's an interesting dilemma. So Corey may have to wait another year or two. Maybe not, but uh, I wouldn't be shocked either. Tim Crumry has got to be near the top of the list, right? For for what he's meant to this team, the way people sure. talk. I mean, I didn't ever see him play. Or or if I did, I don't remember it because I was... I had the numbers. Led, led the team in receiving multiple years. Crumry? We're talking about Crumry. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, no, Crumry does need to be near the top. Though. The injury. Sorry. Yeah, we are talking about Crumry. The the injury in the Super Bowl was uh, something yeah. people remember. But uh, obviously, he was dominant. And, and was such an Iron Man. Yeah. 160 starts in 161 games, uh, noted on Bengals.com. But with that injury, think about that. With you know? with the with the players that have gone in so far, they're probably and, and Joe Goodberry pointed this out, and, and we've talked about it. Guys that have brought people into quote unquote who day nation. If is that a thing? I think that's a thing. It, that have become Bengals fans because of Chad, because of Boomer back when he was playing quarterback and taking this team to the Super Bowl because Ken Anderson talk about quarterbacks that have revolutionized the game. The Bengals have a few of them. Paul Brown founding the team, Ken Riley in the hall of fame push, Willie mm-hmm. Anderson in the hall of fame push. You're, you're seeing a bit of a trend in some of the guys that get in and when they get in. And mm-hmm. I'm not sure who would be next out of the it, remaining group of guys in those categories. I, if you go that route, I, I think Lap is in the mix Bob Trumpy's the one. And for some yeah. reason, my mind went to him when I said led the team in receiving. Just to be clear, that's who I was talking about. Mm-hmm. Man, you're, you're talking about someone now. He's 78. Yeah. And, and this is the argument. Like, obviously, he's going to be in. But I would rather admit. So could you do a Trumpy? Maybe, maybe you do go to four. I wouldn't go too high, right? I wouldn't do eight. But it would be nice, like, it to, to get Trumpy in and get Lamar Parrish in and yeah. get insert whoever else you think should be in line there so, to where you're making some progress because a lot of these guys, I mean, there's 11 nominees remaining and they're going to add some soon. For, for the guys, for the guys point. whose careers ended in the seventies, Lamar Parrish, Bob Trumpy, it'd be not. Yeah. There's, there's gotta be a little bit of urgency to get them in. Chad Johnson was the most recent career out of all these guys to be on the list of nominees his career ended in 2011 he's been on the list of of nominees since this thing started Mm -hmm. so there's like almost 10 years there or yeah 10 years maybe since it started they started it nine years from retirement last year in the nfl to first year on Did, did you watch what chad said he isn't retired yeah, that's true. He he wants to play DB. He he, that was very funny. He's asking. He's gonna. Is this man can't come back now. He said he's gonna lock up Jamar. I I missed that. Did he actually say that? That he he thinks he can. Sure. He said he, he thinks he, a lot of things. He's, but, he's a better DB than than wide receiver, which which is also insane. It's For, very funny. Let's say let's go there right now. It's insane. You haven't right? seen the clips of him. Going up I, against some of these guys and I Florida? have. It's yeah. insane. I still think <laughs> he's a better chance of getting open against it, whoever, DJ Turner, than locking down, even for one play, Jamar Chase. Yeah. Well, they've done it. They've gone at it, I think, mm-hmm. in, in little training yes. sessions. I don't think they're wearing shoes when they do it. He's, he, he doesn't have cleats on. Anyway, 
Maybe he did, and I'm I'm not remembering that properly. There were some interesting things that both these guys had to say about Joe Burrow as well. You can go check those out. Uh, Boomer, we talked about the the handing the helmet. He mentioned he also did it with Carson Palmer. That was a pretty cool note. Chad talking about how the second year for Joe Burrow was so impressive to to come off the injury to go to the Super Bowl and how difficult that is. Chad also, I think, just just a closing thought to wrap up all the things rattling around in my head that these guys had to say, talking about and echoing, I think, many Bengals fans who thought that 2005, if not for Carson, would have been their year. I thought that was a comment that that stood out as he was reflecting on his career and, and where they came up a little bit short. But really cool to see these guys going in. Uh, I also retweeted just talking on, on the topic of history and analysis from Kevin Cole, which decided or, or, or found that Ken Anderson, using his methodology, is the 12th best quarterback of all time. So if you're looking for more ammunition for the Ken Anderson should go to the Hall of Fame argument, uh, which maybe on a day when we're reflecting on historical greats for the Cincinnati Bengals, that's out there. And there's additional stuff coming out every year with like PFF going back on Willie Anderson's career that's supporting Willie Anderson's case. So hopefully we see this momentum continue to build for guys like Willie, for guys like Ken Anderson as they continue to make cuts into semifinalists and stuff like that for the Hall of Fame and see some of these guys get over the hump like Ken Riley did. And uh, we, we continue to see some of these Bengals historical greats recognized because, like I said, on a day to look toward the past, I think those are a couple other guys that deserve uh, a shout-out as their Hall of Fame cases is going. Yeah, I, I agree. And I, I think that part of the reason why I give the Bengals some some grace for lack of a better word because yeah, the ring of honor hasn't been perfect because they're playing catch up is because of that. It's giving shine on their team at the perfect time Mm -hmm. where they're really, really good on the field and it's helping guys like Ken Anderson, like Willie Anderson, I think make that pro football hall of fame push and hopefully they both get in because they're deserving. And, um, you know, there's going to be some others that, that they can hopefully make a push too. you know, Geno Atkins, that's, that's not far. It's not far away from that being a topic. So we will uh, we will see. But uh, today was certainly a good day for, for the Bengals. I think they got two legends in that deserve to be in, and I can't wait for September 25th to watch them get inducted. Yeah, Monday Night Football. Is that right? Monday Night Football. Monday Night Sean Football McVay, the Rams. Matt Stafford. Stat Patford. <laughs> that's a good. That's Detroit. A good uh, uh, radio host in Detroit used to call him that. Uh, I forget his name. Veteran in the game, too. He uh, he was on first take for a while. Anyways, I forget his name. Shout out, though. That's going to do it for this episode <laughs> of the Locked on Bengals podcast. Next week, training camp gets going. We will have real live 2023 football things to talk about. We'll hear from Mike Brown, Mock Turtle Soup coming up. We'll hear from Ooh. all sorts of Bengals brass, and we'll have you covered for all of those topics. This training camp for like the 17th time this week is right around the corner. Until next time, Bengals fans, thanks for listening to this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. Hootay, and have a good one.